1: Dive in on Gotta Watch the Tape from Cleveland.com. Doug Marie Scott Pascoe, Ellis Williams, David Anderson alongside to make video out of this thing. Thanks for joining us on the pod. We took last week off because guess what? It was the draft. And now we're going to break down the draft picks. We're probably not going to do individual pods on every dude. I don't know that you guys, I don't know if anybody in the world wants a full breakdown on that seventh round dude. Although he's fast and he's all wiggly. Maybe that guy we will do. But we're going to start with Greg Newsom. This is a Greg Newsom. gotta watch the tape. We're going to start in the first half with Scott Patzko hitting the numbers. And then the second half, Ellis Williams hitting the film. First round pick at number 26, cornerback out of Northwestern. Let's get to it. Thanks, everybody, for coming back and joining us once again Scott Pasco, go dive in on Gotta Watch the tape.
2: All right, so let's start with an overview of of Greg Newsome. So we all understand just what the Browns, you know, are getting uh, in a in a prospect here. He, that's, he's six foot, 190 pounds, at least that's what he's listed at. So he's listed an inch taller than both Denzel Ward and Troy Hill, and two inches shorter than Greedy Williams. And what you'll find is his length and ability to get his hands on passes is, is a positive that people are going to talk about. So size-wise... Uh, not really an, an issue there. Speed-wise, not as fast as Denzel, of course, You are. Denzel ran a 4.32 40-yard dash of the combine. Um, and Denzel was also in like the 98th percentile for the broad jump, 83rd for vertical jump. So those are two things that measure explosiveness. Newsom, though, good speed, still 4.39 in the 40. Uh, he was in the 89th percentile for the vertical jump, so he's got some explosion to his game. Uh, but basically body and athleticism aren't really issues with him coming into the NFL. Now among big 10 corners, he was eighth in targets last season. He had 35 of them. He only allowed 10 catches. And if you rank big 10 cornerbacks in targets or by targets, he allowed the fewest catches among the top 20 corners last season. So that's a good mark in his favor. He tied for the big 10 lead and passes defended among corners with nine And of those 10 receptions he gave up, they only accounted for 83 total yards and no touchdowns. And a big reason why that yardage total was so low is because nobody could complete anything deep against him. He didn't give up a catch over 20 yards all season, and that was seven total targets. He was credited with three forced incompletions on those targets. And he actually only gave up one catch beyond 10 yards. So if you add the 20 and the 10-yard targets together, that's one catch and 15 targets of 10 or more yards downfield so that's a nice stat to have on your resume but here's a better one Newsom didn't allow a third down catch last season that's an eight targets but still no third down catches and one of those resulted in an interception and that was his only college interception and some people might remember uh that being pointed out over draft weekend I think it was brought up during Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Berry's press conference and Kevin asked Andrew, how many interceptions did you have in college? And I think his quick response was five. So even Andrew Berry had more interceptions than Greg Newsom. But again, the fact that he's, you know, getting his hands on so many passes, the job of the Browns now is getting him from that guy into a guy who's catching those passes. So, you know, nobody's coming into the into the NFL as a finished product, and that's an area where obviously Newsom can improve on his coverage grade from PFF, eighty three point eight, which is really good. Only 60.3 against the run. So again, he's similar maybe to Denzel and Greedy in, in that respect. And they both came in to the NFL, maybe at least with tackling concerns. But Greedy kind of put those to bed during his rookie season. And then obviously we Denzel, some of his best plays last season were him, you know, beating beating blockers and, and, and tackling runners. So you can improve in that area in the NFL. The other knock on Newsom. His durability, which I know some, something the Browns fans don't want to hear about when it comes to cornerbacks because they already got two that have durability issues. But Newsom's ability to stay on the field is going to be watched closely because he missed at least three games in each of his college seasons. He only played 21 total games at Northwestern. So last thing here on him, he comes to the Browns strictly as an outside corner. So he's not competing with Troy Hill. He's competing with really greedy Williams uh, for an outside spot. He only had eight, five, and five snaps in the slot in his three years. So he's not that versatile piece uh, like Hill that can move inside or outside, or really he's not versatile like most of the defensive additions are this offseason for the Browns. But they still got one of the best corners in the draft at a spot many didn't think he'd fall to and at a position where they obviously needed some help. So I think we all came away from draft weekend thinking that this was a good pick.
1: So I will jump in a little bit on... Numbers for any Big Ten cornerback. And we have to keep in mind that the Big Ten quarterbacks suck. Right. Nobody in this conference can throw, usually other than Ohio State guys. And Greg Newsome barely played in the Big Ten championship game against Ohio State. And in that game, Chris Olave, one of Ohio state's two best receivers was out of that game for COVID reasons where if we had had a normal game there, I think Chris Olave and Greg Newsom would have been matched up like all day with Justin Fields trying to throw to him. And it would have been awesome. And like, we didn't get that on either side. Now that also applies to like Denzel Ward and Marshawn Lattimore and all the first round quarterbacks that have come out of Ohio state. Cause they never faced the Ohio state quarterbacks. They face these below average big 10 quarterbacks. So by the numbers, that can be something to keep in mind. Now, we're, you know, you didn't compare, you were compare, Greg Newsom's the best cornerback in the Big Ten, right? That, I think, that is not to be disputed. But if we happen to get into, you know, if you had done a bunch of numbers against J.C. Horn and Patrick Sertan, I think, you know, Greg Newsom might stack up very well against J.C. Horn. And it's like, all right, well, like, you know, J.C. Horn had to cover frickin' Devontae Smith with Mac Jones throwing to him and, like, that's not what Northwestern had to do this year. So it's something to keep in mind, but he's still good. Like he's the best. Now it's a good league, right? The big 10 produces good big 10, good NFL players. It is just something that like he, it's going to be a new world. It is for all college guys, but the passing games in the big 10 are just not as advanced as other leagues, even in the big 12, right? That like, if like there nobody in the D and the big 12 plays defense, but if you are a cornerback in the big 12, it's like, well, you've got, Patrick Mahomes and Baker Mayfield and people like that slinging stuff at you all day. And that's just not the big 10 reality. So I don't, I mean, the numbers are the numbers, Scott, right? He's the numbers say he's the best cornerback in the big 10, but I think that was, I had, I just have watched too much big 10 football for 16 years. I couldn't, I had to say that.
2: I was, I was waiting for you to bring that up because I know he, I think it was 17 snaps he got in against Ohio state. And yeah, I think that was brought up over draft weekend too. the fact that this is the big 10 and it's not a breeding ground for great quarterback and passing games. So, yeah, I'm sure that's something the Browns took into consideration. But again, you know, you're looking beyond obviously stats and you're looking at his physical traits and and, you know, like I mentioned, his speed and his explosiveness. And obviously things on tape that that Ellis is going to get into um, look can look good against, you know, against anybody that you're playing.
1: So we're going to get now into the Joe Woods fit for him. So Scott's going to dive in on that, but Ellis, we haven't heard from you yet. What's just what's your thirty second gut reaction on Greg Newsom and this Joe Woods defense and that kind of fit?
0: Well, first, my gut reaction, quick 10-second take on the Big Ten not having quarterbacks is I'm twenty seven years old and been waiting two and a half decades for the Gophers to have a quarterback and be able to you know maybe throw for 300 yards at least once. So <clears throat> that, as a casual golfer fan, that's all fact. Um, as for Newsom and, and Joe Woods, this just makes perfect sense. We're going to get into it in the, in the tape here shortly, but off coverage, instinctual, fast, won't get beat deep long enough, can fight against jump balls. It, it's going to be a perfect fit, assuming the, the confidence and just everything that goes into playing cornerback works out for this young man but on the surface it's going to be a nice fit with Joe woods a, D, a DB a defensive coach himself who's going to be able to really mentor the, the the kid all right Scott so you would contend that not only
1: is he a good fit he's a better fit than some other guys on this defense at corner for what exactly Joe woods wants to do
2: yeah so let's let's start and talk about greedy Williams for a minute and uh, to kind of maybe paint a picture of how Greg Newsom ends up on this team. One of Greedy's best uh, aspects coming out of LSU was his ability to play man coverage. That was a strong suit, press man coverage. Then he got to the Browns, and he had to play zone almost 60% of the time. He struggled. His coverage grade was 53.6 as a rookie. And scouting reports on Greedy would mention things like, you know, he gets lost looking in the backfield, or he'll follow a receiver out of his zone, or um, he just, you know, wasn't processing routes well when they're in zone. And man coverage, though, as a rookie, Greedy was good. He only allowed eight catches on 20 targets. His catch per snap rate in man was 15.1, which ranked 14th among corners. And only one player ranked ahead of him saw as many targets as, as Greedy. And some people thought Joe Woods coming here would put Greedy maybe in more man coverage situations based on what Woods did when he was with Denver. But that really didn't happen. Uh, last year, Woods ramped up zone to over 70%. And maybe that was based on personnel. That's something we're going to find out this year because, you know, greedy is good in man, but he was hurt. Denzel great in man. He was ranked fourth uh, in the league last season in coverage grade in man, but um, you know, he, he also does well against zone. The rest of the corners struggle in man, Kevin Johnson, Terrence Mitchell graded at replacement level. Um, Mitchell did okay. In zone, he graded over 70 Ward graded over 75 the year before. So it made sense, you know, from that standpoint to have a zone-heavy scheme with this group of, of cornerbacks. But moves this offseason suggests Woods wants to stick with that. Troy Hill uh, graded over 74 in zone last season. and He played it 82% of the time with the Rams. Uh, he graded just 62 in man. Which finally brings us to Greg Newsome. He arrives in Cleveland from Northwestern where they played lots of zone and Newsom was really good at it. He graded 85 in zone coverage, uh, according to PFF last season. So in Newsom Hill and Ward, you got three corners who have played well in zone In woods. You got a defensive coordinator who wanted to play a lot of zone last season. Now, if you plug greedy Williams in there, you have a guy who hasn't yet measured up to those others in his zone abilities. Obviously he didn't, he wasn't uh, in a position to get better at it last season because he missed the entire season. So whatever Woods decides to play in 2021, Newsom should be able to adapt to that because he graded well in man coverage as well. But you have to wonder if Newsome would not have still been a first round target, even if Grady had played last season and given the Browns kind of a similar zone performance that he gave them as a rookie. Um, you know, Now you're getting a, a more versatile corner in Newsome and plugging him in to a scheme that seems to be a great fit. And that just, you know, that's just one more thing. It seems that Greedy Williams is going to have to fight against uh, outside of recovering from the nerve issue in his shoulder. So,
1: so one of the things that I hate, and I've hated it with the Browns because it happens so much, is the a new regime comes in and like they don't the idea or the execution of the idea. That they don't like the guys who they didn't draft right? It's like, well, they're not our guys. And it's like, listen, when you're changing regimes, like every year or two, that is a recipe for failure. It's like, listen, I get it. If you didn't draft him, who cares? So like, I hate the idea of like, oh, you know, like greedy's not their guy. Greedy's a Dorsey pick. So that automatically puts him behind. So that I hate. But the idea of, listen, now we're drafting to a style. We're drafting to the the coordinators that we hired, how we want to play, We're going to draft players that fit what they want to do. That makes sense. So, Ellis, if Scott's explaining that, you know, it's nothing against that Dorsey draft drafted Greedy. It's that Newsom is a better fit for the style that Joe Woods wants to run. That is just reality, right? That just is, is something that Greedy may have to deal with and may actually influence who gets on the field.
0: Yeah, as he always does, Scott laid his point out perfectly there, backed by data I'm sure the Browns are all over because it explains their pick and their process perfectly. Doug, to build off your point about I don't like this guy, old regime, you get in trouble when guys like Antonio Callaway are on the field just because the front office likes Antonio Callaway, we've got to get him on the field. Probably not a lot of data to back that decision up. Plenty of data to back this up as to why Newsom fits as off-coverage corner, smart, instinctual, and a guy that's gonna blend right into what it seems like Joe Woods wants to do, which is rush for and play coverage. But Scott set his point set his point up perfectly with saying we're gonna learn a lot about Joe Woods through these first eight games and what his defense really wants to be. Was he playing so much zone because of what he was working with, or is that really just what he wants to do? Not a the Browns were one of the least blitzing teams in the league. It's gonna be interesting to see but as for a fit with greg newsome compared to greedy williams this is just a, a data backed selection plus the, inta- not, the intangibles match too but th- the physical attributes of this kid also checked all the boxes as well so you know i mean he also was pretty clearly the fourth best
1: corner in the draft and the top three were gone and and i guess if if the obvious fourth best corner in the gr- draft had played a hundred percent man snaps and had never played zone in his life. If he's the most skilled guy at 26 and the Browns want to go there, I think, you know, they still might've gone there anyway. So sometimes the scheme fit is coincidental and it's like one of those things. Well, I don't know, like Northwestern probably, you know, Ohio state used to play a ton of man, like Denzel played all man at Ohio state. Why did Ohio state play man? Because they had first round corners all over the field. And there were, and as we said, nobody in the big 10 could throw. So they're like, all right, why would we play zone? Let's go. You, we, you can't get away from us. Northwestern, which is getting better talent, is still often a little bit of a talent disparity, right? And it's like, even if you have Greg Newsom, the idea of like, hey, let's line up and go mano a mano. It's like, listen, man, you're Northwestern still. Like, chill out a little bit. We might need to throw some wrinkles in here. So Greg Newsom can't control what they run in college. Denzel Ward can't control what they run in college. But as Scott, as you laid out, it's just the reality. And now we're just – however it happened, Greg Newsom is more accustomed to doing the thing that Joe Woods wants to do than Greedy Williams is. And he's a little bit better at it. And that is just the reality. And, Scott, right, that probably matters.
2: Yeah, I think it's funny you bring up getting guys on the field just because of where they're picked. Because uh, my mind automatically went to the most famous of that, and that's Johnny Manziel, who is <laughs> probably getting snaps on – simply because of where he was picked. And again, it's a low pick in the 20s. It's, But it, this pick is so different than those other number 22 overall disasters. It was them reaching for someone. This is just the total opposite of that is somebody coming to them, somebody being a good fit and not having to make it work. It just simply works. And welcome to the new era of Cleveland Browns football. You know, you can say the same thing about uh, the second round pick of the Browns that we're going to get to eventually on a pod. It's It's a guy... It just works and comes to them in a way, you know.
1: So now we're going to get to the idea of rookie corners and how much can you rely on that? And again, I'm going to set up Ellis to preempt all the Scott work a little bit because Ellis, you did some pre-draft work on rookie corners, which a little bit led you to, I'm not sure a rookie corner is if you're looking for an answer right now. Like if you don't believe in greedy and you need help at corner right now, you weren't 100% sure that a rookie corner was the way to go, right? Am
0: I misstating that or is that true? No, you're right. And I, I get I get nervous doing a data dive before Scott because he's going to come in here and, and clean up any anything I may have missed. But t- to that point, what, what I found was just in the recent history of drafting corners – And there may be a little bit of a Vikings bias, as I've seen, for example, the other day, Mike Hughes, a first round corner, his fifth year option, not picked up by Minnesota. It remains a theme for the Vikings that they select first round corners. And for whatever reason, they don't work out. Trey Wayne's another guy who's in Cincinnati now. So I've got some... uh, some bias there some caution but when you do look back at just the the past three four years of of this league first round corner struggle just look at jeff okuda a year ago you know touted third overall pick his pff is just a a red and yellow stoplight of ugliness like 33 coverage grade it's a tough conversion from outside corner in college to outside corner in the pros and now i'm going to hold my breath and hope scott's data agrees with what i just said and the only data I know on that is that another recent Ohio state corner
1: who got drafted high and played right away, Marshawn Lattimore Cleveland's zone was the defensive rookie of the year for new Orleans as an outside corners, 11th pick in the draft. So uh, obviously, I mean, like it did, you know, it's just percentages. So it can happen. It doesn't always happen. Scott, where are you on rookie corners and what, how that affects how we view Greg Newsom?
2: So, so everybody looks at like first and second round picks as players who should have immediate impact on the team. You heard that all weekend, like you know Greg Newsom ready to step into a starting role, and uh, they should get significant snaps, um, even high second round picks. And those players usually do, but it's, again, for what we were talking about earlier, because of where they were drafted. They're going to get those opportunities. but the impact isn't always great. And Ellis is on the right track here. Uh, PFF noted prior to the draft that only nine rookie defenders in 2020 played at least 400 snaps and earned a grade of 65 or better. So that's roughly half a team snaps and a backup level grade. And again, that's just rookie defenders. So the point being made there is a free agency was for need and draft is for depth and finding impact. Rookies in the draft is pretty much always overestimated. Still cornerback cornerbacks have the best percentage among defensive draft picks of performing at starter levels as rookies. If you're looking at like the last five or six years, it's not a great percentage. It's 37%. That's like seven out of 19 um, for that time period. But that's better than edge rusher, which is at like 21% or linebacker 18%. Those are the two other positions. Many thought the Browns might target in the first round, but that 37% of corners over that five-year stretch Uh, They played 500 snaps at least and earned a a grade of 70 or better, which is like the threshold for starter level. That's like, that's the goal for Newsom I think is is getting roughly, you know, 500 ish snaps and playing like a starter. But the thing about first round corners is that there are big boomer bust potential for that position from 2010 to 2019. There were 38 corners drafted in the first round and 58% of them became primary starters over the course of their careers. The only defensive position that had a worse rate of finding primary starters in the first round over the last decade was defensive end, which was at 56%. So for every Stefan Gilmore and Patrick Peterson, there's a Vernon Hargraves or Cleveland's own Justin Gilbert. So, so like, again, Ellis is, is on the right track there as far as uh, figuring out that this is kind of a, really any, any position, there's no sure thing. The best bet in the first round, draft a center. Those guys, like 78% are going to step in and and be the guy, and and you're good to go. But very rarely is a center drafted in the first round. So, yeah, Greg Newsom was great value at 26, and he does seem like a great scheme fit. But remember that Andrew Barry is thinking long-term, and he said that multiple times over the past week. And stability is important at that position, and it's not going to be determined by what happens in 2021. If Newsom isn't great right away, right away, it's no bigger deal than Jordan Elliott not being great right away or Jacob Phillips not being great right away. There's still time. Like It takes time to borrow Bonaberry's phrases to get your sea legs in the NFL. So have patience with Newsom. He's going to get lots of opportunities, but if he's not a Pro Bowl or right out the gate like Denzel Ward, it doesn't mean it was a bad pick.
1: It will be interesting. I don't want to get too far off here and like jump too far ahead, but like what if like four weeks into the season, the Browns are awesome, but the outside corner opposite Denzel is getting roasted every week that like Greg Newsom's not quite ready. And like greedy is just not as good as everybody thought. Like that would be a problem, right? It seems like they have two at the moment. Listen, I got a, an old second round pick and a current first round pick to try to solve that. So okay, well, you should be able to solve it. But on one hand, it's like, well, it's for the future. They should be okay. On the other hand, we really still don't know about greedy and if they're just targeting that outside corner 14 times a game because they're terrible, that would be a problem. So I don't want to, like, get ahead of ourselves. But there is a world where they kind of might need Greg Newsom. They kind of might need him to be good. Like, it might be like, you have to get your sea legs. Like, you are the solution. Because it is possible that greedy, either because of health or because of it's just not it, establishes like he's not the solution and then if it's not greedy who is it like it has to it has to be Greg Newsome I don't think it's Robert Jackson my guy but right so I mean it's it's but the other thing Scott that's interesting is like and we're joking around I'll take a center in the first round the the, everybody we always talk about all the quarterback misses in the first round right and you just said it's quarterback and defensive end edge rusher it's the inverse of what the premium positions are, right? The most important positions that you should draft high because they have the most value. And then again, like not coincidentally, also have the highest miss rate. So you could just draft interior offensive and defensive linemen and middle linebackers and just be like, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. He's pretty good. And you wouldn't miss, but you also wouldn't become a Super Bowl team. So like they've got it, right? I mean, yes, there's some risk in this Newsome pick, but they've got to do it.
2: Yeah. Running backs are also bad. Edge, edge rushing linebackers are pretty good. So those are two, um, but yeah, get, getting to um, look if, if the outside corner opposite Denzel Ward is consistently getting burned, then number one, they're probably playing man a lot more than we thought. And if they aren't number two, then the safeties probably are having issues as well because you know, you're, you're 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 kind of passing people off, and and somebody's not doing what they're supposed to do. So that could be part of it. But yeah, if if Greedy Williams is not getting the job done, then clearly Newsom's the answer. Now, if Newsom, if neither one of them's getting the job done, well, then you're looking at Troy Hill, maybe having to move outside, and then you're trying to figure out slot, and maybe that's where drafting somebody like Corumora made sense, or or you would see John Johnson or Grant Delpit suddenly. Being up near the line a lot more. So
1: that's
0: true. Um,
2: but at the end of the day, I just mentioned a bunch of names there as options. So that's that's you know not a horrible place for the Browns to be.
0: Yeah, let me build off that point real quick, because Doug, what Doug brought up is an excellent example of the Browns' worst case scenario. And then Scott, you just proved why it's really not that bad of a worst-case scenario. Because Doug's right, teams are gonna try Craig Newsome. It, it's why Odell Beckham Jr. was getting single coverage for the whole back end of his rookie year and putting up 200 yard games, because at the end of the day, you're a rookie, like, all right, kid, cool. Prove it. So he will get tried. Greedy Williams will probably get tried. If that does become combustible, the Browns have a lot of options to try and clean it up and figure it out in real time, which brings me to the situation is what's going to support Greg Newsome. These first-round corners often go to bad situations, a lot like quarterbacks. Like, hey, we're going to hype you up. You're an outside corner. We're going to market you as a shutdown guy. We're going to talk about you as a shutdown guy. You're 20, 21, 22 years old. Now go guard Devonte Adams. Go guard Stephon Diggs. And good luck. It doesn't go well. On top of that, bad teams often don't have good pass rushes, which makes coverage impossible, the whole chicken-the-egg thing. But if you're not going to have for the quarterback, your coverage ain't going to hold forever newsom's in a situation that the browns should have an improved pass rush with everything they're addressing there the point is this is a collective and whole wholesome thinking front office and defensive coaching staff which will help ease in greg newsom's transition to the nfl and if he does struggle early i don't expect it being for long unless he's a total bust but you guys with all the data we're breaking down in the film we're about to get to i, I just don't see that happening so,
1: Scott, as we wrap this up, when you dove into all this Greg Newsome data and the way you just analyzed it, in the end, did it lead you toward liking to pick more, questioning to pick more, or were you pretty much in the same spot you were when it was announced?
2: I liked it more, especially when I uh, started looking at, like, the zone tendencies. I mean, I, we knew it was kind of – there was a little bit of everything with Joe Woods. I didn't realize it leaned so heavy – at the end of the day, and that's, I think, made Newsom uh, a much better pick in my head.
1: Okay. Time to get some, some film. I just looked at the first play. It's a Michigan State quarterback. <laughs> Craig Newsom defending it. I don't know which Michigan State quarterback it is, but I'm not sure it matters because all the Michigan State quarterbacks are the same. Now, I say this again. I've said this many times. I thought Kirk Cousins was terrible in, foot, in, in college because I saw him against Ohio State. And it was like, oh, well, like he couldn't do anything against that. Like he beat they he beat Ohio State the one year like 10-7, like the year that Ohio State was a mess. So I am off sometimes. Actually, sometimes Big Ten quarterbacks are better than I realize because you know, if you have Cam Hayward trying to rip your arms off, nobody looks that good. And that's usually the case with Ohio State.
0: Go Vikings ahead. Vikings fans still think Kirk Cousins is quite <laughs> below average. So <laughs> let, let's go to break on that note.
1: I mean, I could just—I could list like from Jeff Smoker to Connor Cook to Kirk Cousins to Joey O'Connor to like every Michigan State quarterback that I have put eyeballs on for the past decade and a half, and they're all the same guy. It's just like varying degrees. It's like, is this guy an eight as a Michigan State quarterback, or is he a four, but he's still a Michigan State quarterback? So we're going to see how Greg Newsom does against those guys and other Big Ten quarterbacks next on Gotta Watch the Tape. Doug Lamaris back with Scott Patsco and Ellis Williams. All right, Ellis Williams, dive in on the film on Gotta Watch the Tape.
0: Yeah, Doug, you're gonna love this. We've got six Michigan State quarterback throws and one Purdue <laughs> toss out of bounds. So a lot Whoop, of good big-time quarterback tape to break down here, right? <laughs> yeah, so y'all get ready. All right. So we're gonna try and, and get this into a video for you guys. If not, um, I'll have the timestamps at the the bottom to read off to you this uh these first six set of plays are all from michigan state northwestern 2019 which is just going to be a theme throughout this whole class tough to find tape shortened seasons in 2020 Newsom missing games so we're going all the way back to 2019 which is encouraging because this is that old of film yet you still really like what you see and then keep in mind as a physical specimen greg Newsom has filled out he's a he's a bigger looking Corner now, rather than this skinny kid you're 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 about to see. So, this first play comes uh, early in the game, first quarter, 14 minutes to play. Greg Newsom's at the bottom of the screen, and this is just you know in a Denzel Ward like way, an ability to drive on the football and make a play. Now, this is one you'd like to see him intercept and bring back to the house for six, which is something he talked about in his press they're like, hey, I don't know why I wasn't getting interceptions, but they're coming and. I, I believe him because this is what you like to see is instinctual. So, he's again, he's at the bottom of the screen. This is off coverage, exactly what Scott was saying. This is stuff that the Browns are used to running. You get a, a guy roll down, one high safety, cover three. Michigan State thinks they have a quick out to the outside. Newsome drives on it, breaks it up cleanly, and, you know, and then you get a good sellie One more here. I'm going to show these back-to-back. And then we can discuss what y'all just saw. This next one comes on the next series. And I put these two plays next to each other because it shows exactly what I said about teams trying Newsome. This is him in 2019, mind you. He has not built up the equity, the, the clout of being a shutdown corner. So Michigan State tries him on back-to-back plays here. If you look at the timestamp, 6 minutes, 16 seconds, and I show the next play, you're going to see not much time go off the clock. They try them with really a similar concept. This first one is a wheel route, a, a switch exchange vertical route, if you will. Number two ends up becoming number one deep. They try to confuse them, get them tied up, and they and they throw the deep ball. Or oh, no, excuse me, this is the check down. This is the check down, and you can see at the top of the, the screen, Newsom celebrate a little bit like, nope, you're not getting that on me. On this very next play, they run – this is Brown stuff. They run a, the exact same – End result, but with a completely different start. So as we start the, re- the play again, Newsom at top of the screen. You're going to get the snap, and you see just an outside receiver trying to run that double move. No dice. No dice. Same player, same route, same endpoint, except the throw goes here. And this is just as a corner, the type of stuff that starts building your career, starts building your confidence. Like, okay, you tried me twice in a row. This ain't going to work. So from the break on the ball, showing his qu- quick short yard sh- quickness, and then a team trying him twice vertically, noticing his high point ability on the ball there, he breaks up the play cleanly, short long. I really like what I see from those first three reps.
1: Can I can I can I say good hips? Is that right? Is that good hips? There you go. Break it down, Doug. Is that right? Is that hip? just like fluid right like in and out of like you know the first play he's playing off coverage he's backpedaling he sees the throw he immediately breaks on it right and he's now the double move He he's up and then he's back and he's just like he's not awkward he the change of direction is really quick like I, i mean scott like you can just see you can see like the baseline athleticism right which is like well listen okay He's a first round pick. You hope there's baseline athleticism, but this is like the building blocks. As Ellis said, this is two years ago. This is sophomore year. He's only a three year guy at Northwestern, and he missed a lot of his freshman year. This is like him not being on the field that long in college. And he just looks confident and smooth and fluid. And then if you're that, then you can stack all kinds of stuff on top of that, Scott. But he looks like an athlete.
2: Yeah, the the very first play, the out route, you could see that like as soon as he sees the quarterback look his direction, he's stopping and he's bursting back the other way. And that's where like that broad jump uh mm. drill comes into play, just exploding back the other way and, and quickly getting on top of that throw. I mean he just recognized it right away. And, and then again on the third one, uh kind of turning and and kind of not letting the receiver get away from him when they do the out and up. So yeah, you could see right there that things were turning in the right direction for him. And, and, you know, like Ellis said, you add some weight and he's already been described as lanky, which seems weird for somebody who's six foot, basically. But, um, but you know, he had he had to jump and that's a high throw and he does a good job of getting in there and messing things up.
1: I mean, right, Ellis, if you were just a guy breaking down tape and you just put on this game, like you would note like the corner. Right. Like you would note these plays and like that guy's doing something right. And you can see how, again, it's Michigan State. It's not the world's greatest passing game, but they are having trouble with him. Like they have things they want to do. They tried an easy little out. Didn't work. They tried a double move. Didn't work. It's like they can't get anything on this guy. You would. I mean, this is how it works. All right. This is what this is why he was a first round pick. Guys watching film evaluators saw this. And it's even to my uneducated eye. You can see it.
0: 100 percent and this is why you watch full games and, and not just highlight reels and i understand this is a mashup of plays but you i come to this collective set of plays based on watching the full tape and you're gonna see a narrative start to begin you mean it starts right here when they try him on back-to-back wheels they really just start throwing away from him and you'll like i'll show you guys a pass breakup and then if you're watching on youtube this game watch the very next play they throw to the guy that Greg Newsom just covered and he's open and they score. But when they throw to Greg Newsom, it's a pass breakup or it's incomplete or they come off it. So this felt like, and again, I don't, I think this was a September game if I'm remembering going to his uh, college football reference page, but the reputation seemed to already start. They really had problems throwing guys open when Greg Newsom was sitting there. And it's also a testament to his ability to play both sides of the field and off coverage, man press, cover to show, which is something I want to get into with these next two plays. So this next one comes in the late in the second quarter, I believe. Yep. Um, this is him at the bottom of the screen, 139 left to play. Not a lot to show here, but just the his ability to stay comfortable in man. So he's up now. These first few reps we showed you off coverage. This is up, man press, and if you roll it, you just get a one-two from the receiver. You don't really see much movement from Greg Newsom. And there's, there's, you know, a zillion different techniques on how you play press man. For me, the corners I always like to see are the ones that don't react to anything. Receivers are going to window dress you. They're going to try and get fancy with you. They might even try to touch you. Just, Just let them do all the dancing, and you stay fluid. You stay cool, and you run with them. And you can see it's a quick throw. A quarterback doesn't even th- – think about looking at towards Greg Newsom and Newsom's just right in that receiver's hip pocket the whole way. This next one I want to show. This is a cover 2 sit I'm going to call it. Again, a, a Michigan State quarterback not making a good read. Doug's going to love that. But Newsom just absolutely tears up this play and pops the the same back they keep trying him with in the flats. I love the physicality. I love his ability to, again, drive on a ball and just know that he has help behind him. Again, this isn't the all 22. I would have loved to see that what he passed off in the situation, but with 37 seconds to play, they're trying to get a quick completion of God of bounds. Greg Newsome says, absolutely not gets physical wraps up. I know Scott talked about his tackling. I know he talked about his durability and those are all things that you worry about. And are, we're going to watch closely, but this is the type of physicality that I just didn't get to see a lot on his tape because they didn't throw his way. And and when you're talking about run defense stuff, like slot corners, that's a lot more important outside guys. It's not a huge deal unless they're throwing screens at you and really targeting you. But this is the type of physicality that when you see that again, as a sophomore, you're like, wow, there's a lot to build off here. I also want to note that maybe I'm
1: giving him too much credit for this. So this 2019 film Northwestern was bad. In 2019, Northwestern is a program that has come a long way. They made the Big Ten Championship game in 2018. They made it again in 2020. But in 2019, they went three and nine. They were not good. This Michigan State game that we're watching, Northwestern winds up losing 31 to 10. But Greg Newsom is out here like balling the whole time, right? That it's not sometimes and I don't mean like at Ohio State. It's like, hey, I'm awesome. Everybody I play with is awesome. We're kicking everybody's butts. It's fun to play hard and be and like look great because everybody looks great. They were not good. And Greg Newsom is doing his job. And then in 2020, they bounced back, had a great year that nobody expected. And Greg Newsom was like the driving force of it because their other first round pick opted out. So this is something here of like, this is a young guy. This is still early in his career on this tape. As you said, Ellis, it's the third game of 2019 the first big 10 game of that season and he's balling out for a bad team. And you know, in your head, as you watch this, Scott, that the end game of this is by the end of the next year, he's going to be playing for the big 10 West champions and being a first round pick. And I, I don't know, maybe I'm making too much of it, but it's like, he was a great player when they were good. And now we're watching him ball out when they stunk. And like, he's not walking around, at least on these clips, moping and being like, how come nobody else on my defense is any good?
2: Hey, it's kind of like the Denzel Ward of Northwestern, you know, Denzel played really well his first couple of years with the Browns and team was not good. Or, or, you know, even Joe Hayden, Joe Hayden played yeah. well for some really bad teams and, you know, Denzel's gotten to enjoy it. Now, obviously uh, Newsom got to enjoy it last year, but yeah, you have to, look, it, I guess, this would probably be a bigger issue if he was coming to a Browns team that was like still trying to build and just wasn't good. And, you know, finding a guy that overcomes all that just focuses on his job and does a good job, despite the fact that they're getting their butts kicked, but that's not the Browns anymore. So, you know, they don't have to worry, I guess, about finding that characteristic, so to speak. I think that maybe is a bonus that he did perform well when the team was doing bad. You know, It's not something that I think a Browns team has to look for in, in a player anymore.
1: And this is not film related, but we just did this on our latest uh, Buckeye Talk podcast that went up on Wednesday, looking at draft picks for all the Big Ten teams. And I looked at the last five years, the not just the number of overall draft picks, but like what rounds they went in, right? So in the last five years, Northwestern has had seven draft picks total, but five of those seven were in the fifth round or later. The only two that were earlier that were in the first four rounds were were Rashawn Slater this year, who again, opted out last year, which is no offense to him, but he wasn't on the field. And Greg Newsome, Greg Newsome is like a program changer. Greg Newsome is like a three year and first round guy at Northwestern, which like they never had before, I think. And that guy did it. He made himself this player in a world where that is not normal at Ohio state. It's expected. I can, you, you, you can't count. You can't count how many guys are three years into the first round. That's like the plan of almost everybody that goes to Ohio state. That is not what Northwestern guys do. And Greg Newsome did it anyway. And he did it by balling out in a 31, 10 loss in week three of his sophomore year and taking care of his business. And then guess what? In the end, he didn't just lift himself. He lifted his program because they were the Big Ten West champions on the back of a defense that was built on the secondary. And he was the best player in the secondary. So now I'm getting myself all fired up about Greg Newsom's intangibles, Ellis. But this is like high level tape at a place where he's not surrounded by 50 other high level players.
0: Yeah, that's exactly it. And when you talk about it not being a high level place, like I'm pretty sure Michigan State goes on to win this game like 31 to 10 or something atrocious like they just have no Greg Newsom has no offensive support he's on the field all the time and the only way Michigan State is moving the ball is either by running or throwing away from him and that's what gets it's really happening in real time gets us all excited about this Greg Newsom pick because you look at the physical build Scott goes through lengthy tall you know six feet's a tall corner you know six one that's a tall corner fast and from Northwestern, I mean, we can't be, we shouldn't be surprised at all. Andrew Barry fell in love with this young man. I mean, you know, the intelligence of Barry and, and the speed that he wants on this defense, it makes a lot of sense. And on this next play, I, I think it embodies exactly what Greg Newsom can become in Cleveland. Cause I love that Scott brought up Denzel Ward and Joe Hayden, because if that's what Newsom eventually becomes year two, year three, it completely changes this Browns defense. This next play, 33 seconds to go in the first half. Newsome at the bottom of the screen. This is an exact type of shell the Browns have run and will continue to run. This is cover four down by the goal line. You see the two buzz linebackers way off the line of scrimmage. And then you have your two corners playing high and your safeties deciding whether they're going to eliminate the middle or help for, you know, backside post action that you can't get beat on. But essentially when you're this close to the pay dirt, cover four just becomes man on the outside. That's all it is because you don't, unless it's a a quick hitch and you have your buzzing backer come out and meet him, even if it is drive on the football, essentially when you're this condensed cover four is man to man coverage. Greg Newsom here gets tried on a double move, jump ball versus a receiver who, I don't know who it is, but he looks long and tall. I would say at least six three. And we run this tape slant. It's it's not a great route, but the, it didn't matter because Newsom's not going to give up six here. That's the intellect. You're not you know what is a <clears throat> interception or a risk? Is it worth taking here? It's not. We run the tape bottom of the screen isolated, a two by one split, double move. They throw the jump ball, nothing. I mean, it's a bad throw, but there was nowhere to even put it. I, if you're watching the YouTube cut, watch the next play of this. That number seven receiver on Michigan state scores in the same exact spot. And Greg Newsome is not in the play, meaning I think they went man or they pulled Newsom out of the coverage point is Newsom is nowhere to be found on the screen and Michigan state scores. That's really what he was facing all year. This last play to wrap up the Michigan state stuff before we get to one more play that I really was impressed with that I thought encapsulates his intelligence this is just a coverage checkdown that ends up going Michigan state's way uh, shockingly with how suspect this defense was, but you can tell by the quarterback again, Newsom being on the bottom of the screen, he'll be off the screen for most of this play, but you can tell the quarterback looking left, trying to throw left, trying to throw left. And then it just ends in a checkdown. eyes left. And you can tell with how far his shoulder is to the sideline. He's looking outside left ball. even hand even comes off, not throwing it. Check down and then we see Northwestern display great defense <laughs> and pick up. I think that was like a third God. I know, right? <laughs> third and third and uh Aye. yeah, yeah. So or a first down play, but yeah, just no just no tackling ability there. That's what Greg Newsom was working with. But my point is that combination of that cover four, off man, well, cover four zone, then off man coverage, then with this coverage check down, this is exactly what you want to see out of your defensive backs and then you hope that those speedy linebackers Woo and Jacob Phillips and whatnot come down and tackle this football.
1: Yeah, that uh, Michigan State receiver number seven, six foot three, Cody White who's the go. guy. So you're talking about a six th- three, 215 pound guy and Newsom was all over him in the end zone on a jump ball where they're trying to get a guy open. And this also tape is why n- nobody else on this Northwestern defense got drafted in the first round. <laughs> that was, whoa, you think like, people get mad at Joe Schobert for missing tackles or whatever. It's like, oh, my God, you see four missed tackles on a check down to a running back on third down. Hey, we're going to get to the Purdue play. But first, a quick break here. I've got to watch the tape. All right, back finishing up Greg Newsom film
0: review. Ellis, what you got? Yeah, this is just a fun one to wrap up with. I've shown you guys all plays of him, you know, playing traditional outside corner versus receivers, you know, single isolation or a two by two, and he's got to pass something off or or communicate on a vertical two switch. This is something that he he will see against you know the Ravens, heavier teams. They'll try him with tight ends. This is his rec film study, trust, and instincts all coming into one here on this play. Newsom's at the bottom of the screen Purdue's in a, a a double tight tight end set and with an offside offset fullback. So this is just heavy strength, right? Expect run. If it's play action, they're going to high low you. So you're going to see number one go deep and you're probably gonna have number two come to the flat. That's what Newsom thinks here. Now the goal is to either have Newsom carry and the flats wide open or have Newsom jump early and you throw right behind him. Newsom plays it perfectly on the snap he sees, he sees the, the short ball and he thinks about jumping it, but then he's like, oh, wait, there's a guy right behind me. I got to get deep because the, they could be trying something even deeper behind our most deep. So as soon as he recognizes that his guy's got bump, he's like, all right, let me flip my hips, go cover this shallow corner route. And then the key of this play is the safety on the same side as Newsom. Imagine this being Grant Delpit or John Johnson recognizing, okay, he's going to run with the corner because I don't know if my partner, Greg Newsom is going to be on the same page as me. As soon as he sees Greg be on the same page as him and take the out corner, you see the safety flip his head and his shoulders to go cover the deep post behind everything going on because that's single coverage and poor leverage on the, the corner on the opposite side of the field. So this is a total concept that Greg Newsom really single-handedly disrupts on his own, takes away a flat, takes away a number two corner route, and then cleans up, allows his teammate to take away the deep post. I was extremely impressed with this rep, and it's why I ended with it. I included it on my quick breakdown with him on draft night. But this is just all-encompassing a smart, instinctual kid, and it makes a whole lot of sense why Andrew Barry fell in love with him.
1: And then the play ends with a flat-footed linebacker getting beaten across the middle for like a thirty-five yard gain on the other side <laughs> of the field, and the play did not end with Greg Newsom Newsom running over and kicking that linebacker in the butt. So, like, that's again great control by Greg Newsom to be like, "How come I do my job and nobody else does their job?" <laughs> that's I mean, that's Western just, defense, just life in the big city, man. Again, they got better. They got better the next year, so it was, it was all okay. Um, Scott, in the end. What's your view on watching these these Greg Newsom cutups?
2: I think, uh, I mean, like the the last one, I think is really important because, and, and this is where a lot of the things I end up writing about come into play with grading and, and stuff like that. Like they don't throw his way on this play; they throw they go the other way. It's a huge play, but still, it's a guy who did a good job on this play. And then there were probably you know, there's fifty, sixty plays on defense in a game and the idea that that you want to your goal here is to get somebody who can do that the majority of the time what greg greg newsom is doing so that you know we remember the play where they knock away a pass or we remember where they intercept or where they get beat but majority of the plays are like that like that play against purdue where nothing really happened on his side but it's because of what he did and that's important and that's how you have to you know think about these players about their performance because it's, it's the whole thing. And that's how the Browns are thinking about it. They're not just looking at one play where he knocked the ball away. They're looking at the 10, 12 plays where he did what he was supposed to do in coverage. So that's, I really like that play too, Ellis.
1: My wife just texted me and said that my daughter has an honor society meeting in two minutes and please stop screaming. So that's how things go in the La Marie's house
0: when it's podcast time. Yeah, um, I, can't, I can't, I can't play any more big 10 defensive clips or big 10 quarterback clips because it, Doug's whole house explodes. I, yeah. Lesson learned. That's on me, Doug. <laughs>
1: all right, Alice. So that my daughter can live her life without her father screaming in the other room. What's your final takeaway watching all this Greg Newsom film that you watched?
0: The tape's exciting. The tape's exciting. It checks out with all the data, all the, the physical makeup, the intangibles, This is a young man who's going to come in and and trust his instincts, be about his study, and then just let his physical traits take over. I think he has a chance to, I don't want to say make an impact right away, because that goes to Scott's data and and what I wrote about earlier, but just trust the process here. This is a young man who's got all all the ingredients to become a nice starter in this league and perhaps have an even higher ceiling. Be patient with it. The Browns will need him to be great right away, and let's just see how this plays out. But as for a, a complete corner, I really like what I'm seeing out of Greg Newsome already. All right.
1: That'll do it for this episode of Gotta Watch the Tape. We're back now every Thursday. We'll keep breaking down the draft picks that deserve a breakdown here on Gotta Watch the Tape. So look for JOK next Thursday, Jeremiah Ousu Koromora. And then we'll maybe get into some other guys too. Um, make sure you're reading Cleveland.com slash Browns. Make sure you're listening to the Orange and Brown talk five days a week. But as always, thanks for joining us here. For Scott and Ellis, I'm Doug. Thanks for diving in on Gotta Watch the Tape.